Welcome to Catholic Sports View on Relevant Radio. A look at the athletes and coaches who shape the Trinity League. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Now, here is your host, Bob Gibson. Welcome to Catholic Sports View. I am Bob Gibson, and we have a very special show for you this week as we're going to spend our entire half hour with one of the great high school quarterbacks of all time. And he may be the best high school quarterback of all time because uh, he's on a list with some pretty rare company. He also played professional baseball and uh, had a great uh, career playing professional football as well. And we're going to spend the next half hour with Josh Booty. Josh, uh, welcome to Catholic Sports. Thanks for taking a couple minutes and uh, talking with us. Man, I appreciate it, Bob. It's always a blast to join you. And, uh, of course, I love talking football, so let's get after it. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, big big news uh, coming up and. We're going to talk about your career and all that stuff uh, in a couple of minutes. But uh, big news, uh, your nephew, General Booty, one of the top quarterbacks in America, going to be a guy already getting recruited and and, and talked about. It's a name that we kind of know locally here from before. He he spent some time at Corona Del Mar High School, but announced that he's going to come and and, and join the J. Sarah Lions. And, uh, boy, what an opportunity, not only for General, but for the Lions as well. I mean, this looks like a really good match here. His dad is your brother, Abram, right? Big-time wide receiver in college. College. Obviously, he's got two uncles uh, who play professional football, so I, these are big-time advantages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this kid seems like he was uh, born to be a quarterback, right? Yeah, man, we worked with him a lot, and uh, you know, maybe maybe too much. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I think he's super prepared uh, mentally for whatever comes his way. Um, that's for sure. I think he's kind of got a, a pro mentality at, at a young age, and he's he's much more mature than a lot of kids that age. But at the same time, I mean, he's still seventeen and. He'll be a junior, Jay Sarah. We're pumped about it. I know Harlow, the, the head coach there, is a very good offensive mind. He's an offensive line guy, too, that played in the NFL. It gives him a real good chance. With They've got a left tackle that's a big-time recruit. He's 6'7". Uh, Jeff Percy's his name, about 300 pounds. That'll be protecting his backside. And I'm just we're excited about where that program's going. We wanted him to play in the, in the Trinity League when we were out there several years ago. He was a freshman at Corona Del Mar, and we were trying to find the right fit. We came to San Antonio. Uh, my brother wanted to, uh, to coach him for a year or two and, and did at a place called Cornerstone Christian in, in South Texas. Uh, Abram decided not to coach uh, high school anymore, didn't really enjoy it like he thought he would. And then so we were going to try to find General the best place, and we knew the Trinity League had the best high school football in the country. Should I have been around? You know, I'm from Louisiana. I spent a lot of time in Texas, and uh, you know, even in Ohio and lived in Florida. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of good high school football out there in those states. But in this, that district in the Trinity League is the best in the country. So I feel like he's in the right place to get seen, to get noticed. But at the same time, play great high school football, play great team football. And he's a team guy. So uh, he'll be ready to go in the fall. And I, I'm really looking forward to some of these big games. Uh, everybody knows the teams in the league. And uh, there's some good ones, so it'll be fun. You're right. There's some, there's some great programs around the country. You've seen them, but to find this concentration of great football in one league, that's rare. I mean, this Trinity League, it's crazy. Obviously, you got Modern Day, the back-to-back national champions. It's only a couple of years ago that St. John Bosco was the national champion as well. I mean, so so right, right, right away, this level of football, I'm sure General's got to be excited when he looks around and sees the players well, that are around him at Jay Sarah at practice. He really is. And he says, man, we work harder 
here than we did, uh, you know, in Texas at the at the high school he was at. Now there's some great high school programs in the state of Texas, and we take we took a look at Austin Westlake and Lake Travis and Allen, Texas, up in the Metroplex in Dallas, and you know, just it just felt like Jay Sarah was home for him, so he's excited. But yeah, you're right. I mean, really, the quarterback plate in the Trinity League district is unbelievable with DJ Ugalele coming back, Player of the Year last year. As a junior, that also happened several years ago with JT Daniels at, at Modern Day. I mean, so they're spitting out quarterbacks left and right. Of course, Bryce Young, a USC commit, is going to be awesome. There's a corner at, at uh, Modern Day, Elias Ricks, who's an LSU commit. I'm pretty pumped about, of course, being an LSU fan. Right. But general will be able to go against guys like that on a weekly basis, and that'll get you prepared for the next level. And that's what he wants to do: is play big time college football. So let's go, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, no, let's do it. Absolutely. Obviously, your family has ties to USC. You know, your brother John David. Of course, Rose Bowl champion, mm-hmm. Rose Bowl MVP out there. Everybody knows John David uh, from his time here at, at USC. So that had to be a comfortable fit to look and see, hey, our head coach. Now, obviously, that's from a few years before, but our head coach is an SC guy. So there's a little bit of comfort there. Yeah, it is. Uh, like I said, just a, a wonderful fit, like you mentioned, a good opportunity for General to make a a real name for himself and try to put, you know, put Jay Sarah up there with the Boscos in the modern days. Uh, you know, they say they're a rising program. We'll see what they got. I know they're working hard, but yeah, it is a good fit. Harlow's a great coach. And, and I, you know, a friend of ours who you're really close to as well, Steve Calhoun, who's, who runs Armed and Dangerous, um, who's been training general as well in Arch County for five, six years is really good friends with Harlow. So when we when we were trying to make the move, we asked Steve what he thought, and he loved him. He said, this guy, he can really coach it up. So we just feel super comfortable. they got two great running backs. they got him, Chris Street. they got him, Sammy Green, who yeah. can really carry the football. And I think that'll give him, you know, take some pressure off of him early, and hopefully we can get some good throws down the field, you know, working off the run game, which is always key. So, you know, balance is always key in football, and modern day and Bosco have it. And uh, Jay Sarah has got a, a little ways to go, but uh, hopefully they're headed in the right direction. And we know Calhoun's the best in the business, so that's high praise right there. Yeah. <laughs> he is, man. He, right. he coached a lot of guys. He gets a lot of guys ready for the draft, so we'll give him props, man. Armed and dangerous. He does a good job. Yes, he does, indeed. He, we've had him on the show here before as well. We're visiting with Josh Booty, talking about uh, his nephew, General Booty, who will be a, uh, a brand-new quarterback this year at Jay Sarah High School, coming in as a high school junior. It's crazy the amount of talent throughout. You mentioned so many of the great names already in the Trinity League. Jay Sarah is an intriguing program because I've said it before. I think I think the, the school as a whole is ready to really explode on the scene here. It's still a pretty young school uh, in the scheme of things, but when you talk about yeah. having you know the modern days and, and, and the St. John Boscos and, and Jay Sarah showed last year that you know they're, they're ready to join that group and be you know that kind of a top level elite program. It all seems to be coming together, and I imagine that's part of the decision as well. Yeah, it is. You know, and everything happens in the off season. To be honest with you, in mm-hmm. every football program, I think the strength and conditioning program uh, at Jay Sarah, they're doing a really good job with it. And I think even at the college level and at the NFL level, you're only as good as your off season, right? So I think that's the key to these teams jumping up there to be able to play with the Boscos in the modern days. And that's really a, from a national perspective. I mean, those are the those are the teams everybody's gunning for, you know, all over America. And Jay Sarah just happens to be down the street from those two and in the same district. So they have to work really hard this offseason. They've got to really have a good spring. And I think that's what the key was for general was to get there go through spring ball so he can start to learn these players and the, and the, you know, and the staff and then also the playbook and stuff like that. So I, I think he, that was an advantage for him to be able to come in and now he's in school already and uh, working out with these guys to create some chemistry. And, and then, uh, you know, in the fall, it'll be, 
Can they play with a box? Right. Can they play with a modern day? Can they close the gap a little bit? Right, absolutely. Now, i got to think the backyard football games and the, when the Booty family gets together, it's got to be pretty good, right? I mean, that's got to be some, so got that's gotta be some good stuff, right? we got a bunch of all-time quarterbacks. That's all we got. We need, <laughs> we need more linemen. We need more DBs. We, all we got is a bunch of quarterbacks. we got Abram over there who, played, of course, played wide receiver right. at LSU and went to the NFL and was in camp a few years. But, um, you know, it's a bunch of quarterbacks. So, we can line up and throw with any family in the country, but I don't know if we can cover. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the booties and the mannies together at some point, right? You know, yeah. and, and, and do that game right there. We'll we'll, we'll televise That's it. Nice. <laughs> but my point being that even indirectly, just just growing up, you know, being a kid in that family, just kind of taking all that stuff in, right? Just being part of the family yeah. over the years, all that all that had to make an impression and kind of help build the athlete that he's become. Sure, you know we've we've also watched a lot of football and tape together as a family, and we're huge Patriot fans, which sounds funny because we're from Louisiana, but <laughs> you know they've done it right for so long, and we've watched just so much film of Brady and and uh, what they've done in New England, and and that's what we ran here at Cornerstone last year was a lot of what New England runs, and you know my dad was a was a college player and mm-hmm. and has been a, a high school coach and won a national championship at Evangel Christian in Shreveport, Louisiana, so. You know, football runs very deep in the South, and it was a big part of our family. So, I mean, we were we were teaching General little things when he was tiny that most kids probably don't learn until they're about seventeen or eighteen. And and so, you know, he's he's prepared, and and you know, now he's trying to catch up to probably what they're trying to do with Jay Sarah from a scheme wise. But as far as football knowledge and overall football knowledge, the kid's off the charts. I mean, he's just probably as smart as any kid that. He's been coached as much as any kid has ever been coached at that age. So that's what we're excited about or thrilled about, that we've been able to spend that kind of time with him. And, and he's an awesome kid. He, he's a listener. And that's what you got to be to be a quarterback. you got to be a great listener and you got to be a great leader. And he's both. So I'm, we're excited about him. He's a good kid. Yeah, no, and we're, we're looking forward to uh, to seeing him play out here again. I know we, you know, just like we said, at Colonel Omar is a freshman, but now I'm sure he's a whole different quarterback now that he's a junior. Yeah, he is. You know, he's grown up. I mean, every kid from the time they're 15 to 16 to 17, I mean, he's grown two or three inches and put on 25 pounds. And the strength and conditioning program, like I said, is a big part of that. And we had a good one here, but he said they're really ramping it up at Jay Sarah, and he's working hard. And, and, you know, now all these kids are looking at him to come in and be the quarterback. So he's got to set the standard every day when he goes to – to uh, school when he goes to uh, work out after school and that's what these kids have to understand to be the best you got to work out you know you got to work really hard and you know you got to work out harder than anybody and work out smarter than anybody and i think that's what he's doing josh booty our guest a member of the uh, 1997 uh, world champion florida marlins we'll talk about your baseball career in just a little bit but you mentioned evangel christian and you, you know your father really put that school on the map you obviously put that school on the map with the first of what 11 straight state championships i guess uh, a down there in Louisiana, what was it like to be a part of that legendary program from the from the very beginning? Yeah, it was awesome because when I was in eighth grade, the school opened and my dad opened it with another gentleman from from Shreveport, a guy named Denny Duran, and they were both football guys, and they decided. You know, they were running the church, and they said we're gonna we're gonna start a, a football program kind of based off of the church and the you know the church's influence, and and uh, you know they started out of the back of their their pickup truck, and the next thing you know, you know we were we were playing for state titles, and what we did was we threw the ball, we, we went no huddle, we we threw the ball forty or fifty times, and this is in the late eighties, early nineties, and no one really knew how to cover no huddle offenses and that spread attack and we were going motions and five wides and empty backfields and sets and different things that you know most teams were three yards in a cloud of dust and they ran the option to veer you know stuff like that and 
and uh, in the early 90s. Now everybody's doing the wide-open attack, right. all the RPO stuff. But we were doing it way before with the wristbands. Everybody, we, we wouldn't even look to the sideline. You know, we would just go, 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 go. And it was like more of a basketball type of, uh, you know, I guess offense um, uh, mindset. So um, that was what, what really was the difference. And we were so far ahead of everybody else. I remember guys like Steve Spurrier and, Bobby Bowden and guys coming in, Mike Leach coming in and really picking Denny and my dad's brain, uh, wondering how they could implement it at the college level. And usually the high school coaches are the ones going to get information from the college coaches. But those guys were trying, wanted to try some of the stuff that we were doing. And when Spurrier's trying to do some of the stuff you're doing in high school, you know you're making a big impact <laughs> in football. So we just we we broke a bunch of national records and had a lot of fun and won a lot of championships. Yeah, you were the first high school quarterback to ever throw for more than ten thousand yards. And in fact, if you hadn't broken your hand at the end of your senior year, you probably would have had maybe thirteen or fourteen thousand. You, you ended up with almost twelve thousand as as it was. One hundred twenty six touchdowns had to be fun just to be chucking the ball like that. You're right. Nobody saw that kind of an offense back then. What what turned yep. into the run and shoot? That, that I mean, how much fun is it to yep. be the quarterback in that kind of an offense? Oh man, it's a blast. And like I said, a lot of the you know, a lot of high schools have kind of tried to duplicate or have done a lot of what we did and did this wide-open attack, but we were the first to do it. And I'm telling you, no one knew how to cover all the things that we were doing. I mean, we would line up in crazy formations, and they call it the polecat where, you know, uh, half the line was over on the right hash, half the line was on the left with just the center in the middle of the field and receivers to both sides. And then we would come back in and do a lot of motion and stuff where it, it looked like CFL type stuff. I mean, we were doing some pretty amazing stuff and no one knew how to stop us. So we were going up and down the field on people and it was just a matter of, could we stop them? Uh, you know, cause we weren't going to be stopped and a lot of high scoring games. It was like the big, like big 12 football, but we ended up on top most of the time. And, and then, you know, ended up just running a bunch of uh, wins off uh, in titles, but it was fun being the QB because, you know, you had the ball in your hands and like a pitcher in baseball, the game was yours, you know, and here, here you go. So I, we were in a nine-yard shotgun. I kind of failed to mention that, but that was a big part of what we did. We went in a nine-yard wow. shotgun, and uh, we didn't have huge linemen. We just told our linemen, hey, get in front of them, make them run around you because by the time they get 10 yards back in the backfield, you know, <laughs> we'll already have gotten rid of the football. And everything we did was timing and you know, timing and accuracy, and we were able to throw the ball downfield a lot too, and get big chunks. So it, it was a lot of fun. It was just it, it looked different on film because we were in that nine yard shotgun. Right, just crazy to to see that kind of football. I guess back then it's commonplace now, but not so commonplace yeah. uh, at, at that time. Uh, you were named uh, National High School Player of the Year. You you, you beat out uh, some guy named Peyton Manning. You know that was yeah, <laughs> you know who I know you're friends with, right? You become friends with Peyton, and uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Right? He voted all the way to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Your prowess on the baseball field was about as good as what you did on the football field. Uh, you know, you eventually chose a professional baseball career to start off your your, your professional career, but uh, was your mind on the baseball field at all when you were playing football? Was it the opposite way? I mean, obviously, what you're able to do, uh, you know, national team, silver medalist, the Olympic trials, right, I guess, uh, as a baseball player. So what what couldn't you do as an athlete, right? I mean, you were on top of the world uh, in those years. Yeah, you know, I, was, I, I don't know, whatever sport I was playing, I played some basketball too, but I was just always competitive, so that kind of locked me in, I guess. I mean, when it was baseball season, it was all about baseball. When right. it was football, it was all about football, and I didn't really cross over much. It was just like 
for those three or four months, five months, I'm off football. And then once I get done, my dad would be, okay, now you can pick up the baseball glove, you know. And he never let me throw breaking balls, so my arm was never hurt. I've not, my arm has never been hurt, never injured. Never, I've never had to ice my arm. Wow. You know, on the baseball field, I could throw, you know, mid-90s in football. You know, I could throw at 75 yards, and I never had a hurt arm, but I never threw curveball. So I wasn't an effective pitcher. I played shortstop and third all the way up to the big league. So, you know, when, when I was in my senior year, I was, you know, I ended up being player of the year in football and baseball, and I decided to go to LSU. Well, it was in-state school, but LSU was coming off a national championship baseball run, and they had a legendary coach named Skip Bertman. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, I've all, I always wanted to play for Skip Bertman, and I wanted to play LSU baseball. And so that's why I chose to do both at LSU was because the baseball program was number one in the country. And if I would have gone to LSU and not to the uh, – you know, to play for the Marlins in the minor leagues and their organization, LSU had won two more uh, the, the next three or four years that I would have been in college. So I would have been a part of some awesome teams. But, man, I, I could not pass up the chance to play pro baseball because that was a dream of mine since I was a little kid. I had to go for it. Yeah, uh, fifth pick overall in the 94 draft by, by the Marlins, uh, and you end up signing for a then-record bonus. But I'm sure there had to be, right, there had to be a tough time as a 17- or 18-year-old kid to say, hey, you know, I, I love football and I love baseball. Baseball. How did baseball end up winning out in the beginning at, at that point? Yeah, I, I, my agent was actually an Orange County guy. I picked Jeff Moraz, who was with Steinberg oh, yeah. there in Newport Beach. And, and that's kind of how, how we all ended up in Orange County to begin with and how J.D. ended up at USC. And now my whole family out in Orange County was because of Steinberg and Morad. But uh, Morad came in to see me my senior year and said, listen, I want to represent you. And it was either him or Scott Boris for me. And I chose Morad because he represented Will Clark, who was my favorite player. Uh, of course, Will Clark was with the Giants at the time. And, absolutely. And uh, played with the Giants. I think it was with the Rangers at the time. And we went over to the ballpark in Arlington, and I signed with Morad. I said, what can you do? What, what do you think we can do? He goes, I think I can get you picked as high as number one overall. But let's look at the first you know, five or ten picks and try to position you where you can get paid the most, where you can get to the big leagues the fastest. And Wayne Hazinga had started the Marlins organization, and uh, Hazinga just passed away several months ago. Yeah. But they were a new organization, and I knew if I could get drafted by them, he had deep pockets, and uh, there was really no minor league guys that would be in front of me, and I'd be a top prospect right out of the gate. So it was a perfect situation. Morad made me fall. He had me fall to that five to a club that could pay me enough money to forgo playing college football and baseball and it was the Florida Marlins and Wayne Huizinga he was my first boss and you know I was able to move up through the minor leagues whether I did really good or not because there was really nobody ahead of me and I just tried to you know, play as well as I could. And uh, before you knew it you're on a World Series winning uh, baseball team in 97 uh, for the Marlins what was that like to be a kid and be a part of that team I know you made some lifelong friends as part of that team as well. Sure. Sure, you know, it was fun. I can hardly remember it because it was such a blur, But and I was so young. But, um, you know, I can remember, uh, you know, the, the series. I can remember LeBron Hernandez just pitching out of this world and becoming, you know, NLCS MVP against the Braves, and then he was World Series MVP. He went seven games against the Indians, and it's just amazing because we had such a phenomenal group of guys and a bunch of veterans, man. I was sitting on the bench just watching, and I was, you know, I was called up at the end of the year, and, Bobby Bonilla was the everyday third baseman, and he was—he uh, had a hamstring injury, so I got to play a little bit in September. 
and then uh, he was able to go in the playoffs. So I sat on the bench and watched. But it, you know, we had an unbelievable lineup, and some of those names: Moisey Zalu, you'll you'll remember oh, yeah. Devon White, Gary Sheffield, Darren Dalton, Bobby Bonilla, Kevin Brown, Al Leiter, Charles Johnson, Renteria Council. I mean, we were loaded, and uh, I sat there and watched the World Series in the dugout, and we won the thing, which was unbelievable. You know, if you play any during the season, you get a ring, and I was up for a whole month and a half, so I, you know, I got a ring. Uh, in 97, and then in 98, I started opening day. So it was a fun little run there where uh, I was a part of something kind of special and was able to be there in the locker room with the guys, and it was pretty amazing. Josh Booty, our guest, a couple more minutes with Josh. I think still to this day, one of only four athletes to ever play professional baseball and professional football, as we'll talk about uh, now. I think the number is four, so pr- pretty rare company <laughs> when you think about it. You and Bo Jackson and, and Deion Sanders and, and not too many others, right? I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, you know, there's been several just not many quarterbacks you know it's so hard and we the Kyler Murray thing comes up all the time and I've done a lot of radio stuff in the last month or two because he's such a phenomenal right. player and it looks like to be a, maybe even the first pick overall which is just incredible at his size but just the dual sport guy the dual threat guy and so yeah there's not many of us but the quarterback position is so much tougher to try to do both at the same time you know Dion and Bo were able Brian Jordan did it too so Brian Jordan uh, too correct quarterback yeah, they weren't quarterbacks, so it's a, it's a different animal when you talk about having to lead the whole team and the organization as opposed to, you know, covering somebody or, you know, running the football. I mean, those are amazing athletes, some of the best in the world we've ever seen, but they didn't have the responsibility that a quarterback has. It's funny you bring up Kyler. Have you had conversations with him? Have you talked to him? Have you met him at all? I have. I, I met him at the Super Bowl. Uh, I was at Media Row this year, and it was fun. I got to do that, and it was a lot of it was because of his situation, right. and, and so I asked to do Media Days and, and Media Row at the Super Bowl, and so uh, I got to meet him and his agent there just for a minute or two, and, and I, I just had a feeling he loved football so much that you know, his dad's a football guy that he wanted to play football. He wants to prove to everybody that, you know, he's 5'9", but he can get it done. And, I mean, I, I saw his first high school football game live, actually, at Allen, Texas. Uh, I was at the game. They were playing. My cousin was a, deep, uh, a linebacker for South Lake Carroll, and that opened up that $60 million stadium at Allen. And uh, Kyler come trotting out as a sophomore. He's probably 5'7", 150. 40 pounds, and he led them to a win that night against Southlake, who's got a pretty darn good football team. And I was like, this kid's special. They didn't lay a hand on him. He was so quick and elusive. And, you know, who knew, who knew that he would win a Heisman Trophy, whatever, five, six right. years later. But what a, what a phenomenal athlete. He's, he's so stinking competitive and fast and quick. And he's, you know, he's got a pretty good arm too, man. He'll surprise you. So it's, it's going to be fun to see what he does. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting to see if he goes first overall, right? I mean, that's what everybody's yeah, talking I heard he was about in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard he was. I mean, I'm sure they're looking pretty hard at him. I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Rosen being an Orange County right. guy, Bosco guy, but I think Kingsbury coached Kyler Murray in college. Right. And probably was real comfortable with him. So we'll see what he does. It's going to be interesting. Now, yeah, at some point, obviously, your baseball career came to an end, but it wasn't over for you. I mean, you still had an opportunity, and for you, it was to go back to college and to finally get that college experience. And, of course, you got to go to LSU, right? Your your school, you're a Tiger, and you got to play for, obviously, one of the great uh, head coaches in, in college football history. That's obviously an opportunity that uh, had to be so appealing to you at that point to go back into football. Yeah, it was. I mean, I missed football big time, and I wanted to – you know, you, you see guys like Peyton Manning, who was in my class, doing really well. We had another kid from Louisiana, Jake DeLone, who played for the Carolina yeah, Panthers right. and was in the Super Bowl. I mean, these were guys that were my peers in high school, and they were doing really well. And 
And uh, my brother was a receiver at LSU, and he was all SEC, a freshman all SEC, and started as a freshman for the Tigers. And, and you know, you when you go to a, a football game in Tiger Stadium, if you've ever been or you ever get a chance to go, you got to go because it's just electric. And, and uh, as good as that World Series was in 97, a week or two later I was in Tiger Stadium watching my brother play against number one Florida, and LSU beat him, and the stadium was electric. I mean, it was <laughs> ten times louder than the World Series right. game was game seven in, in Florida. And I was like, man, it's just something to this college football stuff in the South. It's just unbelievable. So, I, I mean, I just really wanted to go back and play with my brother. And I went back the first year. We had a uh, head coach, Jerry DiNardo, was there. We really struggled. We had a bunch of injuries. We didn't play very well. Uh, but I was able to start about ten games that first year. Nine games the first year, 10 games. Uh, we didn't even make a bowl game. And then our chancellor was now the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, who actually gave the trophy away last night, the the, the basketball uh, trophy to Virginia. But he was our chancellor, and he brought in Nick Saban from Michigan State. And we were all, who is this Nick Saban guy? He walked in, and, <laughs> and he had hired Jimbo Fisher and Pelini and Muschamp and all these guys who later become big-time head coaches in the SEC and just built the program really from there, you know. And, and so I started uh, and played for Saban one year and, and was all SEC. Jimbo Fisher had a real big part of that because he was such a, he's such a good football coach, and he coached me up. And and uh, so I was at LSU for two years and then, then uh, tried to go to the NFL and got drafted by the Seahawks and, and was a backup in the NFL for a while. But, you know, that the LSU experience was, was quite an experience, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for right. I mean, to, to be to be a part of that uh, that legacy and that time. I mean, we're talking about some of the some of the great football players, some of the great athletes. Uh, you know, come out of the state of Louisiana to be a part of that. Uh, you're you're right. The atmosphere of college football is obviously uh, you can't beat that. You can't match that anywhere. It seems like no, it's unbelievable. It really is. And you know, you get a hundred something thousand plus people in Tiger Stadium, or, or you know, there's there's fifteen or twenty venues that are just upper echelon venues in college football, and Tiger Stadium's definitely top five, top ten. And when you get a chance to to go to a game there, you'll see. I mean, it's a hair raising experience, and so the 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 energy and the electricity in a, in the college football stadium is just unbelievable at that at that level and uh, my brother was there and I wanted to play there and then you had Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher to the mix and and a good off-season program like I talked about we had a guy strength and conditioning guy named Tommy Moffat who's still there we brought in from the University of Miami and he's been there for now almost 20 years and he's just done an incredible job I think LSU's got more players in the NFL than any other college program does in the NFL today which is a big uh, testament to the coaching staff, the recruiting, the state of Louisiana, and the strength and conditioning program. So, I mean, great high school football is played in, in Louisiana, but we've really got great talent more than great teams. And yeah. In California, you've got great teams, and I, I think that kind of comes back to this Trinity League. But the best teams and the best league is in Southern California, the Trinity League, but I do think there's some amazing players in Texas and Louisiana and Florida and Georgia. We see it every year, man, just some studs. So, there's pockets of talent all over the place. Yeah, well, Josh, it's always fun to, to visit with you, and uh, it's good to have the Booty family back here in in Orange County, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna be fun to watch General play these next couple of years. I uh, know, man. I can't wait. And anytime uh, I could be a part of the show, I'd love to do it. And 
tell all the boys hello. I miss you guys. Oh, we'll do. We'll do. And uh, we'll see you when you get back into town here, and uh, we'll have you back on for sure. That's Josh Booty, and we thank Josh for spending uh, this half hour with us. So much great stuff to talk about and uh, his great career, and, of course, talking about uh, his nephew, General Booty, uh, that will be uh, helming the J. Sarah Alliance football team this coming season. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, that wraps up our show for this week. We thank you for listening, and, of course, you can get us on Twitter, at CatholicSV, and if you want to drop us an email, it's CatholicSportsView at gmail.com. I am Bob Gibson. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Catholic Sports View, where athletics meets faith, right here on Relevant Radio. Have a good rest of your weekend. You've been listening to Catholic Sports View on Relevant Radio. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Spread the word about our broadcast, and we'll catch up with you again next week at this same time on Relevant Radio.